Alright, so some New Year's thoughts. First, wow. Nice morning. Never want to miss another sunset again. Um, yeah, think, uh, think off the grids. Just buy yourself some good ass weightlifting equipment. All merino wool everything. In, in Jinji toe socks, V and five fingers. Simple down vests. Get yourself right. New Year's resolutions means new place, new use. We off the grid, grid, grid for my kid, kid, kids. So actually the funny thing too is uh, I've actually noticed both my neighbors, one has an Audi Q3 and one actually has an Audi A3. Both of them are in service. They have all these courtesy vehicles. So yeah, don't get a Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, Bentley, whatevs, all owned by the Volkswagen group. They're always in the shop. Go check out my Prius bulldozer edition. <laughs> um, and actually the funny thing too, uh, so my, my sister-in-law, my sister Jennifer, she uh, she just got a new Prius. Looks super cool. But actually, the funny thing is the the new new Prius, right? The one that looks like a 911 from the back with the straight uh, tail light. It actually has a small, way smaller trunk. And I'm like, dude, this is like, I'm like starting to appreciate the 2010, yeah, matte black. 20 Prius is matte black. Been a Prius till I die, right? So, uh, Kinsiguri, okay? So, yeah, hatchback is best. And, uh, and yeah, actually, um, uh, still waiting on my black and yellow uh, license plate. It's a long lead time. But anyways, so yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I treat this like my, my Prius truck the Prius Cybertruck, if it's so much stuff in the trunk, it's ridiculous. Like we got Sen's bike, some cleaning supplies, etc. And uh, yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, just kind of keep it open, just uh, off the grid lifestyle. So anyways, uh, yeah, so I think all this is uh, so critical because, okay, first and foremost, people send an insane amount of money on their cars um foolishly like my pride and joy is in my whole adult life i've never spent more than how much i've never spent more than perhaps uh i mean i've i spent money to repair cars but i've never spent more than what's my last car mazda miata let me check out the Miata. I think I got the Miata, the 1990 Miata, when I was in college, my junior year, senior year. Like $3,500 US. Craigslist, sounds about right. So my whole adult life, have never spent, I'm 35 right now, born in 88. Uh, yeah, never spent more than $3,500 USD on the car. And also the thing with the, the Prius truck, got that for $399. It's, uh, it's good. Actually, the... The funny thing too is that like everyone wants to live a better, happier life, what is, right? And actually the, the big benefit of just having like beater ass, right? Is that so like for example me and Sin uh, me and Sen we go uh, we go to nature all the time, we go hikes on pretty much every day, the Stone View, Nature Center, the Baldwin Hills uh, overlook. And uh, the funny thing is actually 
So these fucking floor mats, right? I had to scrub them clean, right? Because it got super dirty. And then like sooner or later, you have your kid, have a kid. Even if you just have a dog or just yourself, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna trash your car sooner or later anyways. So even having to maintain your car and keep it clean is like an effing full-time job, right? So as a consequence, and you know, sooner or later your kid's gonna throw up in the car and, and stuff. Um, so yeah, it seems that a lot of these people who's wasting car money is on the brand new cars. Seems like kind of a foolish, foolish decisions. Um, yeah, actually these balancing bikes great. We get it from the Facebook Buy Nothing groups. And uh, actually, maybe a fun thought for the New Year's is, uh, yeah, just see how long you go without buying new shit. If, if anything, actually, the most uh, robust thing to do in terms of just workflow and life and everything in between is um, trying to figure out shit to get rid of or what to subtract from your life rather than what to add. Uh, and, I'm, you know, and then actually uh, my, my, my sister Anna, she always jokes, She's like, you know how you know you made in life? When you see free furniture on the side of the road and you don't even look at it. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Um, and actually I'm at this point too, right? Where it's kind of like, I don't like getting free shit no more because um, several things. One, it feels like there's an obligation for you to use it. And I'm like super anal about my things, my possessions, etc. And two, um, uh, I think the problem is when you super anal about shit, right? You have strong tastes, and my my personal definition of an artist is somebody who just essentially has very very strong tastes, right? Like who has very very strong preferences. Um, I call it like visual OCD or visual being visually anal about things um and yeah so that's uh my thought also the good thing too ultimately we're all artists right so the greatest joy is not buying something brand new or whatevs it's actually to uh to modify it and clean it and to do cool shit yourself and so what that actually means is it's better to just get a beater ass car and then just do a ghetto spray paint job, matte black it, whatevs, on the rims and shit, right? Rather than buy a nice ass new brand new car where you feel like you can't modify it, you can't debadge it because you're afraid that you're gonna break shit. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the benefit of a beater and also I have like my BDS um, iPhone SE. Actually, it's funny because it got all scratch up shit because I accidentally uh, let, uh, let some uh, other random kids play with it, right? And uh, yeah, they not as well trained as uh, Sen. So as a consequence, they just kind of <laughs> rubbed it everywhere the, the wrong way. And as a consequence, uh, yeah, I got, uh, it got super dirty and whatevs. Um, but alas, Yeah, keeping keeping shit clean is uh, it's pretty critical. Um, so some other thoughts I had this morning was, okay, this is the facts, right? Low key, man. Most people, bro, like they live in filth, right? <laughs> like, uh, simple ways to think about, it, right? So, you get to really know somebody or who somebody is, whatevs, 
based on like once you go to their home, their their residences, um, etc. Just go to the kitchen, go to the bathroom, go to the living room, bedroom, etc. Right? If they keep the place like effing pigsty, right? Um, their mind is also going to be like kind of a metaphorical pigsty as well. So as a consequence, right? um, as a consequence, uh, yeah, don't. Don't trust nobody's but yourself. Um, and yeah, so some other, you just gotta, so funny too, like the easiest way to just keep shit clean, just kind of like give it a, I see, I see like limo drivers do this all the time when they're just kind of bored, they just kind of wipe down their car just to kill time. It actually seems like a, a surprisingly effective strategy and uh, just cheaper than getting a car wash all the time, right? Um, and every once in a while, you could just bring this out. They draw in the sun. Uh, the things I'm so grateful about being in SoCal, I mean, it gets colder in the wintertime, but like never that, that cold. So if you're in the Bay Area, the East Coast, Boston, yeah, come out to LA, vibe out with me in the Culver Cities is uh, the best place to be. So, um, yeah, so some uh, thoughts. Um, so I think thinking about this New Year's, New Year's resolutions, what is, right? Yeah, just via negative, just don't buy new shit. And then it, like, it's it's funny too, because it's like one of those things, not like there's any moralistic evil or bad be behind uh, buying stuff. It's just kind of like, um, I almost feel like the new elitism is the privilege not not buying new stuff, right? And now, especially that we have all this like, cheap shit on Amazon, right? Um, I don't know, like, even like buying a new iPhone, it's just like so much like hidden management, right? And then you gotta like find a new cables and boxes, like even the new, what iPhone is, what the USB-C's that everyone was like wanting and asking for, right? Cause oh, I gotta get new chargers for my car and shit, right? So yeah, in, in fact, uh, the will to simplicity and the will to deletion, I believe is actually far more robust um why is it that everyone wants the new new thing um this is my personal theory i think it's an interesting theory so when you buy something new we think we become something new right so everyone's so excited once you buy a new car right so the the i think the logic behind buying a new car is uh i mean my adage is tell me what you drive and i'll tell you who you is and so people's cars are essentially their external avatars right so the reason why i never trust nobody who drives an audi or a volkswagen or a german car or a porsche whatevs is it's signaling some sort of deep uh insecurity behind things even like dudes drive these like big ass pickup trucks and lifted and mgg wagons y'all bunch of l -l 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 losers real uh real men drive priuses and i think the yeah, like, it's straight up, like, Prius is, like, really, I mean, I'm, like, I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk, um, Tesla, you know, I have a bunch of stuff, uh, good morning, and, uh, as a consequence, um, yeah, so I, I love the innovation and stuff like that, but pragmatically speaking, I wouldn't actually myself drop all that money on a Tesla, because even doing some research, so, so fun facts, right, like, if you're thinking about buying Tesla and you're not sure you want to do it, right? Um, just go on Craigslist, right? And look at all these people dumping the Craigslist, uh, the Teslas. 
and even um i always walk by the toyota dealership right and at the toyota dealership all these people are trading in their teslas for toyota toyotas and i'm just like what i mean even cindy's dad right he bought a brand new tesla model y the long range one right he's like it's like oh so you know how you like it it's a life change and stuff it's like that that it's like yeah i thought it'd be a lot more like kind of a luxury car but actually it feels uh, pretty cheap and the uh, the truth be told right the like the appeal of the tesla is i call it like utilitarian or spartan luxury is that the luxury isn't that the materials and the quality of the things is good but rather the 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 new new uh privileges of like um like for example uh self-driving full self-driving i mean my thought is the true killer or the true reason to get a tesla is actually not for the electric car component but the full self-driving car pun and then i think even the best way to think about tesla is essentially tesla is an ai company it's a data company and ai gonna take over the future the will to minimalism is a good idea so yeah y'all curious get the gopros minis voice dictation and the ipads pros good the will to minimalism I believe the superior path in life is towards and for minimalism period. The more minimal, the better period. Eric Kim minimalism philosophy. So uh, this is gonna be the future. Just chat GPT yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Known for its contribution in the fields of photography and philosophy. Copy that. Side view. Yeah, so I think uh, <laughs> ChatGPT's is the ultimate blogging, augmented publishing thinkings. Is that people are like, oh, ChatGPT's cheating. I'm like, anybody who says something about cheating is like, y'all is uncritical. Search his quotes on minimalism. You, 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 you. Yeah, actually, um, I found that 99.99% people, insanely, insanely basic thinkers, um, even the smart ones, even though you got a PhD or you came out of Yale or Harvard, Harvard, UCLA, UC Berkeley, Brown, what is people like uh, what they call criticality, criticality. Hmm. Oh well. In number form. I like numbers. My personal thought is minimalism isn't some sort of self-abnegation comma or some sort of weird self-flagellation period 
Rather, it is a new elite way of thinking, period. Eric Kim quotes on minimalism in number form. So yeah, ChatGPT is the future. The second it goes public, if in a boom. Sonic boom. Jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man. Yeah, who's the best rapper alive? Future. Yeah. Okay, so continuing the, the thoughts. Yeah, so these rings are super litty. I think actually what I enjoy most about the GoPro minis is all these funny unorthodox ways to do it. Let's get the let's get the what I'm just using the cheap Titan Fitness. This seems to work fine, whatever. The funny thing too is it's like grab and go. I think that more weightlifters, powerlifters, whatever should do calisthenics and also more calisthenics. People should do uh, weightlifting. Everyone puts themselves into like a weird cult category. And this is why I don't trust no crossfitters. And people, anybody who puts a label on themselves, like I think actually the most robust term to refer to yourself is just weightlifter right so how'd you get so strong you just swim around i'm not oh, just weightlifter it's like weight like shit right and i just like to lift it uh yeah super easy some blogging vlogging youtubies tips uh yeah first and foremost um yeah just treat it like funsies um i think the the critical issue that people do is essentially they uh so okay so this, this is the problem with the, the youtubies um i'll get the njinji socks the vibram five fingers some cheap merino wool leggings on Amazon's Ruramon Eric Kim linen tank top Muji down vest um, sleeveless real men were sleeveless okay so uh, so the first thought is um, the purpose of this all is uh, not to make the YouTubies monies with uh, putting on ads okay simple ethics right don't do unto others as you don't like others to do unto you. So, okay, I don't know any human being on the planet 
who likes loves watching ads who's like oh wow i'm so excited to watch an ad maybe besides like super bowl ads I mean, super bowl ads are pretty entertaining but even that i'm like i'd rather just be like out you know doing something uh, better and also my critique of video games right it's like you're playing like world of warcraft the diablo or any mmorpg whatevs right it's like use the character and you're like killing all these monsters and bad guys so right but like doesn't it just make more sense for you to just like become your own life superhero and get effing jacked right like all this and then i think also one of the big benefits is especially once you got a kid right is life actually becomes a little bit simpler because you know the stupid bs to do what not to do so life is via negativas uh don't talk don't talk proper Also some uh, some thoughts on doing a muscle up. Don't think of it like a muscle up. Think of it like a muscle forward. A little bit difficult to describe, but uh, just doing some personal trainings myself for funs. Everything in life should be for fun. Yeah. Real, real men use iPhone SEs. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> one camera, one lens. The good thing with this, it's got one lens. Extra lenses. And even the iPads, iPads Pros, M1, no case, no stupid pencil, no stylus. Steve Jobs would be ashamed of you, Apple. Shame on you. big issue with weightlifters, bodybuilders, powerlifters, whatevs, right? Strongmen, whatevs. Fake ass steroid taking people's, um, so the big issue here, oh wow, look at that, look at that. Uh, Elon Musk quotes. All right, so the big issue at hand is all these people's like, pun, weightlifting belt, knee wraps, like, uh, via negativa, it's like, A, it's cheaper to not buy a belt, or knee wraps, or wrist wraps, whatevs, too, um, the true way to become stronger is you actually want to uh, strengthen your sinews, your bones, your ligaments, etc. So the reason why I like the weightlifting rings, etc. So think about it this way from like a 3D perspective, right? 3D axis perspective, it could undulate all these different motions, twist around. So actually, it's much more naturalistic to your joints. Uh, the big issue with most types of weightlifting, it's it's too much on uh, just one axis, which causes, I think, causes um, injury because the, the, the motion doesn't allow for the undulations. And I think the undulation and then the, the dynamism of the 3D movement is actually um, a far superior way to quote, quote, warm up and whatevs. Um, Okay, so other other thoughts on 
doing the YouTubies and blogger, vlogger, whatever, right? Is first of all, don't label yourself nothing, right? When people say, I'm a creator or I'm an influencer or I'm a content creator, I'm like, now get out of here, right? Oh, wow. Um, better to just think of yourself like a big ass kid. Curiosity, right? And also the big issue too is that like, there's this weird American notion like curiosity killed the cat. And so in America, it is, it's like, it's like people say curiosity and creativity is good, but actually it's not, especially in Asian cultures. It's like, keep your head down, study, be a good worker, be slave. And uh, yeah, no freedoms. All right, some more funny thoughts. Wi-Fi is bad for your health. Wi-Fi is bad for your health. <laughs> Even send us how to say Wi-Fi, right? Even uh, best friend here, he's like, eh, what you mean, oxygen or Wi-Fi? So Wi-Fi is bad because it keeps your ass inside the house. You want to think off the grid? Maybe it's better to embrace the 5Gs. 5G, 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 4Gs, whatevs. Don't need, don't upgrade your home internet. Upgrade your 5Gs. I mean, if I had it myself, I'd probably just get a Verizon or yeah, and don't even get a plan. Yeah. Invest in yourself, sucker. Oh, whoa. So in terms of what you want to become, right? So I kind of... What do you want to become? 2038. What do you want to become? Question mark. Most influential person alive? Hmm. Hmm. 
What do you want to become? The most influential person alive. Okay. You're, 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 you're. The will to simplicity and minimalisms. Yeah, just get the power squad rack bars. Figure it out leaders. Think Achilles. Fucking ash and spear. Become the go okay. You 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 bought me a jet you 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 fleet protect you 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 get off my dick Joke, kill the orcs, kill, 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 kill. Oxygen, oxygen, Just keep it simple, silly. Keep it simple, keep it simple. Lamborghini Mercy. So thirsty. That juicy Lambo with the ash trunk. In terms of media creation strategy, comma, I really like this notion of POV, comma, point of view videos, period. GoPro mini chest mount, comma, ultra wide mode, comma, and just show people how you do things, period. For me, comma, my supreme curiosity is how other people do things, period. Seeing life behind the scenes, comma, how they do things in real life, comma, 
away from the screens period. Paying somebody $20 an hour is a really good idea. Just paying somebody $20 an hour to do something is a really good idea. Let us say that you have a backyard full of junk and trash and you just literally want someone to throw it all into the dumpster period. Instead of doing the hateful work yourself, comma, if you just hire somebody, comma, doesn't matter if illegal immigrant comma somebody from mexico comma a broke college student whatever dot 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 to just hand them 20 dollars usd in cash comma a lincoln comma to spend a whole hour of their day and life to throw away the trash is a really good idea period $20 is interesting because nowadays, in today's world, comma, the $20 bill is almost like the new $1 bill or the new $5 bill, period. Let us consider... Let us consider that nowadays, comma, a single US dollar is not worth much, comma, a $1 piece of paper note is annoying to carry period five dollar bills are a little bit more convenient comma but also people don't like to deal with change period ten dollar bills are rare period twenty dollar bills are frequently dispensed at atm machines comma and also comma consider how nobody ever has fifty dollar bills comma Maybe $100 bills, period. It seems in terms of cash money, comma, fiat currency, comma, the only US dollars being used frequently are the $20 bills or the $100 bills, period. For myself, whenever I go to a nice restaurant or whatever, comma, I always try to make it a point to give the server, comma, hand in hand comma in the flesh directly comma a $20 bill instead of some fake ass tip on a credit card period a $20 bill feels more real period search Eric Kim on fiat currency
Fiat mix. The question is this, Colin. Do you have faith in comma or value or respect that given currency question mark? For example, comma, I have faith in Bitcoin and Chainlink, comma, which is why I own both, period. In terms of fiat currency, comma, US dollars, comma, it is almost close to worthless to me, period. Granted, I just need to use my credit card or whatever in order to buy groceries and meet at Costco, comma, but besides that, dot, 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 the US dollar is worthless to me, period. Cindy and I have actually figured out, interestingly enough, comma, renting might be the most intelligent strategy today, comma, even if you were a billionaire or whatever, period. Why, question mark? I think you just live a better life because you spend less time thinking about renovating or upgrading your house, comma, buying furniture, comma, whatever, period. Also, comma, less maintenance and unexpected cost period. Sooner or later, things are gonna break. I think the first thing I have witnessed about home ownership, comma, especially with my friends, family, Cindy's mom, whatever, comma, is that sooner or later things will break, comma, unexpectedly, period. The water heater, comma, the toilet plumbing is going to claw, comma, the roof has a hole in it, comma, $50,000 to fix the roof, comma, $10,000 to fix the water heater and plumbing and electricity, etc., period. Irregardless of how rich you are, comma, nobody likes to pay for these things, period. Paying your rent in Bitcoin, question mark? Actually, comma, if I was a landlord, comma, I would be very, very happy to pay except rent money 
or payments in Bitcoin exclamation point. Why question mark? The promise that it will go up in the future exclamation point. Bitcoin will never go to zero. Time to buy more Bitcoin question mark. Search Eric Kim thoughts on Bitcoin. Search Eric Kim thoughts on Chainlink. Chainlink is not crypto, comma, neither is it a cryptocurrency. Search Eric Kim. Thoughts on Chainlink. What I find very fascinating about Chainlink is that ultimately, comma, it is not a crypto neither is it a cryptocurrency period rather comma it is just a new technology comma i think chainlink is just going to be the next google period i mean come on comma just look at eric schmidt comma the guy who made google into what it is today period He's on the board of trustees for Chainlink, comma, and I'm sure that he is personally owning a lot of Chainlink in his own personal 
account period. Eric Schmidt interview with Sergei Nazarov. Person. It's excellent. Um, I'm, I'm truly honored to be joined uh, here by Eric Schmidt, you know, one of the, the people that has formed uh, how the web has evolved and how our society uses the internet today. So very grateful to Eric for coming here to speak with us. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your views and, and uh, being part of helping us see how to, how to make Web3 a bigger part of society. Thank you. Things, you've seen how the world has evolved and, and so I think you have a very astute view of you know patterns and, and how how the world changes what what I really want to understand is how um, how did you come to the idea that web 3 is, is attractive what what, what attracts you to web 3 what value that you see being provided by web 3 well it's important to tell the truth and I'm historically a skeptic and I'm a skeptic because although I like the the, bel the beliefs and the values and the technology, um, I think the marketing got a little ahead of reality, which is okay. Uh, it's not the first, I mean, in the waves I've been in, this happens, has happened every time. And let's start with the basic principles that Web3 and the work that you're doing is essentially trustless, immutable, and distributed. And those principles are really powerful why many of you got involved. And I looked at it and I thought, uh, I 
frankly just don't think it'll become big enough. And then you and a couple of other people started talking to me, and I think you were one of the inventors of this, about this basically a really crazy idea. Sorry. It's your idea. It's fine. I'm crazy. I'm on board. <laughs> I think it's, it's established. And so, so layer one I understood, but the concept of layer two where you use tokens to incentivize behavior was a really powerful development in the last, say, three years, four years, roughly, roughly when you started. And that changes the economics in some really fun ways. And I think it's, this is a case where you all, people in the audience, are ahead of the academics, the economists who understand this. And a simple way to understand this is that, so you and I do, this is not going to happen because you're busy doing this company, you and I do a new company, and we decide to have a, a new coin. So, so layer one I understood, but the concept of layer two, where you use tokens to incentivize behavior, was a really powerful development in the last, say, three years, four years, roughly, roughly when you started. And that changes the economics in some really fundamental ways. And I think it's, this is a case where you all, people in the audience, are ahead of the academics, the economists who understand this. And a simple way to understand this is that, so you and I do, this is not going to happen because you're busy doing this company, you and I do a new company, and we decide to have a, a new coin. And the coin is initially relatively worthless, maybe I'll see you. Um, and its value increases directly with demand. Now, in my whole career, I have always had compensation tied to stock options, which was tied to corporate wealth and so forth. But the token, the fact that the token goes up in value based on network effects is a real discovery. And I don't think people understand quite the economics of this. I was talking to one founder who curiously wouldn't tell me his actual name. He had a code name. God knows why. And <laughs> you never know. And I said, well, how do we do, you know, I'm used to investing things. If you work so much, I get so much. How much do you want? He said, oh, we already know the answer. I said, well, how much do I get? He said, 20% 20, 20 of the tokens. And I said, good. How much do you get? 18% of the tokens. What goes everyone else? He said, well, we need 30% of the tokens to stake the necessary network, to get the network working, get the validators on. We need about 100 validators. You've heard this before. Many of your chains operate this. And I said, how do you, I'm used to negotiating this. And he goes, I said, how do you know this? Said, oh, there's a paper. This has been thoroughly studied. And he sends me the paper. Right? So this economic structure is actually much more interesting than you all appreciate. It's a new way of tying compensation and incentives to network scale. That's a big deal. Agree. I think it, it, is, a, it is a very big deal. And uh, I think you're definitely getting to the core of the matter on that one. Um, so how, how do you see... But take some credit. I mean, this is actually like... It's okay. It's okay. So come on. So come on. I take a credit in a decade or two when, when, when everything's running on Web three. Then we'll. Until then, I'm going to. Was keep... that? Did I hear a forecast? 
Okay. So, so let me just continue. Let me just continue. So so <laughs> so first you have the layer ones, then you have the various layer twos, and the layer two provides all the necessary services. And now you have a problem of cross-chain, right? Which is something Chainlink works on pretty well. Um, and you have all of the all of the problems of centralized systems in a distributed context because able to create that uh, type of decentralization in a very explicit way, rather than a dynamic membership way that creates these large mining pools. And my, my overall point is I think that you just described a whole new industrial system. It's not very well understood outside of this room. Once again, very much in agreement with you. Kind of uncanny how you're getting to the core of the issue, having that you've arrived very recently, but it's really quite, I mean, recently to the conference, to the industry. But recently to the industry too. Okay, well then, it's, even, it's very impressive and it's amazing. I mean, the guy's getting to the core of the issue and like... I, so what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to fix it? Um, what, well, I, I actually see more and more computation moving into Oracle networks because blockchains don't fulfill uh, the scalability or privacy properties. And if they fulfill those properties, then that's fine. That computation can go there. But I those requirements and so there needs to be a bridge just like blockchains couldn't fulfill the requirement of providing data um, you know there are all these requirements that you have to build more advanced applications to really realize web3 and all those requirements are really what Oracle networks seek to fulfill some of them will fall away and go into you know a blockchain but many of them won't it's just not very easy to predict which requirements will fall away and which won't um, but we're, we're building a pretty flexible system that provides uh, data, identity, you know, randomness, a cross-chain soon, all these things. So, um, I mean, that's my plan to solve it, is to basically plug all the holes, and then the holes that are left are, are probably very valuable holes to keep uh, filled. And uh, that's where I think the, the value will land in that decade, uh, half-decade time series so in the spirit of full disclosure i'm the chairman of a so a, a woman named uh, michelle ritter founded a company called steel perlo which i'm now the chairman and uh, she's the ceo and she designed a structure where you do fundraising to and fundraising funds that generate cash that goes into startups and the startups are going to go into global financial systems based on these principles so I decided to put my money and other people's money you know, into this space. I think that your vision is correct. Uh, I'm a little bit more skeptical. I, I keep reading all of these claims that Web3 is going to take down Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and so forth. Having lived through that, I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, and I think what you're going to ultimately see, and I, I want to be very clear, is you're going to see, where, uh, let's use the generic term Web2, Web3, you're going to see Web2 used in cases where you don't need the trustlessness, and you can, but you can get the decentralization through centralization, right? And centralization of power, which is how those companies work. And so I think the more likely scenario is you're going to see the traditional Web2 stuff, web stuff, but if you need something which is trustless, decentralized, right, and immutable, you're going to have very, very powerful systems. If you look at zero knowledge proofs and the development of that, which is like been, it's been un, un, under development for a very long time, 
that will enable a completely new way in which you validate financial transactions. And part of your, the Chainlink vision is basically cryptographic truth is always the right answer. So your religion, I can say it, is don't trust the human, trust the protocol. So roughly what to say. So that is a scalable model if you can get the technology to scale. And that's likely a major contribution to the computer architecture going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think at the end of the day, uh, people's faith in mathematics is going to be end up being stronger than their faith um, in institutions and brands and other people, because the tendency will be uh, an extremely low percentage, whereas the tendency that humans and institutions and brands run by humans, those things will continue to, uh, unfortunately, very unfortunately, they will continue to fail. Um, and there'll be periods where they fail very little and there'll be periods where they fail in, you know, very rapid succession in big ways, like in the 2008 financial crisis. And, you know, I, I, I would rather be building a system that's gonna reconstruct the world in a reliable, guaranteed way uh, than you have an opportunity in addition to, so, so one way to think about what you're doing in Web3 is you're trying to recreate all the, all the practices that exist in current cloud services, but in a decentralized platform. That's one way to just think about your strategy. And um, to, to me, the most interesting question are what are the new services that are not easily done today in cloud? Right? I mean, there's a straightforward list in cloud, right? Because the cloud stuff just replaced the stuff I used to do before cloud existed, right? So it's file services, uh, scheduling invocation, you know, figuring out how to run services and so forth and so on. There will eventually be some sort of Ethereum, zero knowledge, uh, virtual machine. Today, the smart contracts are pretty, um, let me just say, poor in their capabilities. And that functionality should get there because of all the research that's being done in the industry. To me, the question is, what can you then do that you can't do today? One of the most obvious things is doing distributed analytics over, over these kinds of decentralized systems. Because when you talk to the banks, they, they roughly, in some cases, know what's going on in their own banking system, but they have no idea what the other ones. And when you talk to the banking regulators, they have no visibility into anything. Um, so imagine a system where you have extremely good analytics that are cross-chain, and these bankers can actually say, holy crap, you know, we're just about to have a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, that is basically the the world that we all want to be in because the cyclical booms and busts that just keep getting bigger and bigger are, are basically based on people not having access. Um, you know, let's forget even about regulators. It's it's even the credit rating agencies and all these people that are supposed to be experts and supposed to get access to the siloed information. I mean, that's the f fundamental reason for most of these big cyclical boom and busts in developed uh, markets. Where would AI approach? And I've mostly been working on AI stuff. Once you have the data, just think of the, the, the generative design, the sort of analytics. And we can talk about this if you're interested in it. But, you know, the eventual vision is a new set of apps that allow you to manage the system better. Uh, we were struck with uh, in 2008, 2009, that there were no uncorrelated assets, right? Well, that's something that should be easily discoverable, right? by your own technology running on the top of the things that you're building.
yeah, makes sense. I, I personally don't know exactly how, how AI is going to interact with blockchains. Um, my view on it is um, um, skeptical, <laughs> as, 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 uh, as, as, as you put it. Um, I, I actually think that, um, you know, I've uh, watched a bunch of these sci-fi shows, you know, like Westworld and all these things. I don't really think it's going to be that bad, frankly. But um, I think that um, private keys, um, the interesting thing about the Westworld show was actually the whole show is about getting access to a private key that gives access to like this other system. So basically, even if you have AI, maybe you still have encryption as a limiting factor. And then guess what system does really complex programmatic encryption, all right? It's blockchains, right? So maybe that can be a kind of um, good guardrail or good limitation to whatever fears people have about AI is they can, they can institute certain private key measures that uh, can't be surpassed. So I have that skeptical view on that. I think that's a fine belief system. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, I think the most important thing to know is that you're going to be able to do computations on the equivalent of blockchains layer one, layer two, using homomorphic encryption and zero knowledge proofs. So you will be able to analyze these things without necessarily getting into trouble. Absolutely. I can't wait till they make that efficient. That's going to be a, a big deal. Very big deal. But look, we made some progress with the shift from proof of work to proof of stake. So um, and I think these these changes are really good signs that your industry is getting its act together from the standpoint of computer science, right? Because computer scientists have known about these limitations for a very long time, and we've all complained about them, while some people have actually worked hard to get those things fixed. So, so how do you see Web2 systems interacting with Web3 systems? Are Web2 systems the trusted interfaces, and Web3 systems are the trustless um, state storage and transactional backends. How, how does Web 2 interface with Web 3 in, in the long term? Well, this is, a, let me give you another example. Um, let's assume for purposes of argument that you're, you're going to use the Web 3 system through Android and iPhone. By the way, it's in that. Is the phone itself a Web 2 system? And, this, and I think it is because it's. Yeah. It has traditional authentication, traditional computation, traditional rules about access to apps and so forth. So I could imagine to using digital cash right now. You have to physically move a credit card. You have to physically open your phone, all that kind of stuff. This is in the Web2 world. Um, the goal would be to make digital cash, broadly speaking, completely seamless. Right? And that's a reasonable goal for the next five to 10 years. And it's clearly it's clearly coming. And the regulators will, I mean, if you, just as a minute on regulators, you don't want, so be careful for those of you who have not helped the regulators, don't ask for regulation early, please. Um, you want, I've done this now for 45 years. No, 47. Um, sorry, I was doing a little math. Uh, you you don't want premature regulation. You want these systems to get built so people can understand what the really hard problems are, and then you want to figure out what problems they cause. Now, right now, it's important to understand that many of you would prefer not to have any regulation at all. Welcome to being a libertarian. And 
societies don't reward libertarian thinking very much because of all the issues around power and control and so on. It's highly unlikely that a purely libertarian view of how these things are going to emerge is going to work. What instead is going to happen is governments will assert their authority, partly because that's what they do, and you want to do it in such a way that it's rational. And today, for example, in the United States, it's not at all clear who the regulatory bodies are going to be. They're still thinking about it. They're still talking about it. Is it an asset that is regulated by the CFTC? How do we deal with AML, KYC issues, and so forth? These are real issues. But my overall message is, for those of you that are working with regulators, take it slow. Right? Get the regulation right. And it's very, very hard to get the regulation right in such that it prevents the bad things but allows all of the good things. It's really a difficult knife edge to be on. Makes perfect sense. And I, and, I, and, and I have lived this. I have done this for the last 30 years. And I might have to do this again. So you do. Someone else, someone else can, can live through it. Um, I'm just going to build all this stuff. People are going to build cool things. That's that's our plan. Yeah, you know, a li likely story. Yeah. We don't we don't make financial products. We don't, we don't do any but, of that. But, but understand, understand that you're successful enough that you're on somebody's list. I understand. So, um, <laughs> in your uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, <laughs> In, uh, in your experience, um, you know, in the way that the Web2 infrastructure evolved, right, where it evolved from larger closed systems to smaller and smaller pieces being combined as service-oriented architecture and then microservices, do, do you see a similar dynamic um, happening from the point of view of, um, you know, Web3? And that, you know, it'll, it'll end up becoming smaller and smaller pieces that get composed into those more complex Web2 applications. And, and by the way, on the point on Web2 and Web3, I personally don't think it, it matters if the user relationships are retained by a lot of Web2 applications because the fundamental value will flow through those interfaces into Web3 backend systems. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with you in an optimistic scenario. It's perfectly possible that the Web2 companies will decide that you're, making, you're having too much fun and making too much money and that they will actually put in regulations of, right, of their own. Right, so this is a, it's trickier than it sounds. So a, a note of caution on Web2. Um, and by the way, when we were doing this, we didn't call it Web2. We just called it the web. Um, the, what, what happened, let's see if I can describe it. We all started with a, note, a, a notion of true decentralization true empowerment of individuals. All of the things that I did 25 years ago involving Mosaic, HTML, all this kind of stuff was presumed at the fact that, that the world become disaggregated, that everyone had equal access, all this stuff, all that religion stuff. And we believed it, and I really believed it. And if you look at the structure today of, the, of what you think highly concentrated around relatively proprietary systems. And that's not what we started off in. So if you look at it in the arc of my career over 20 years, the same thing could happen to you. And you go, oh my God, that would be terrible. But let me tell you how it might happen. I mean, this is not a prediction. 
there are economic benefits and returns to scale. And you have really clever entrepreneurs who are very, very smart. They're moving quickly. They create value and they can begin to merge and acquire things, right? And there are also technical benefits to centralization. Because of the Sybil effect, the truly distributed systems spend the vast majority estimates are up to 90% of their time making sure there isn't an interloper in the protocol, right? So that's, and there are technical solutions to that. So you've got a system where it spends an awful lot of time making sure there aren't other people around. Um, it's perfectly possible that that could lead to a small number of high-end, uh, large players. So I don't think Web3 is immune from the kind of centralization that surprised me. Now, I was also one of the people who caused it, so I'm, I'm not trying to be mislead you. But the economic incentives, the scale incentives, and the technology incentive itself tend to favor centralization. So one thing for you all to do is to make a map of what you think of Web3 will be and then figure out which points will be centralized, which points will be regulated, and which ones will be wide open. The history of technology is they start completely wide open and then there are centralizers, there are consolidators. There is probably a set of consolidators that will get either built, founded, or will come into the space and provide that to some of the infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying in terms of economies of scale and efficiency. And I think back to your earlier point of mining pools that, you know, that's an example of the efficiency of a mining pool attracting a lot of hash power into, you know, a single entity that's then, you know, probably through some backroom social convention kept at, you know, 25% or something. But um, I, I really think that uh, the, the difference in Web3 is that it's about creating open markets for those um, compute uh, workloads for for all of that, right? So the, the success of a protocol for me isn't that it, um, it centralizes the um, value of the computer, the control in, in one group, like a mining pool. It's that it successfully creates a market where people efficiently bid against each other to create uh, more efficiency, more security, often through some form of formalized reputation. So I, I think the, the, the real difference is that, yes, those big companies could get you know, better deals on hardware, bigger de better deals on data centers, better deals on cooling, better deals on, uh, on uh, human capital, better deals on a bunch of things. But the, I think the real question is, is that if you make a market, um, how, um, how does that market evolve? when all you need is very proven inputs, very proven uptime. And, and that's what I think uh, Web3 reputation systems really do. There's actually a very poor name for them as reputation systems, because Web2 reputation systems fundamentally suck. Because an intern can make a five-star review and everyone now has five-star reviews. But Web3 reputation systems, together with the market, can become efficient. Does that make sense? Um, they do until you have a, an evil actor. Mm -hmm. And so here's, I'll give you an example. So I spent, I don't know, a decade of my life fighting Microsoft at the heyday of its consolidation, including antitrust, 1996, 1997, all this kind of stuff. And um, Microsoft's tactics at the time, they don't do this anymore, included uh, not allowing competitor access to the platforms, various pricing strategies, all of which were subject to antitrust rules, all of which has been discussed at length by my generation. So the internet comes along, and Cisco, for a while, had more than 50% of control over the net. 
but Cisco didn't use the same business tactics as Microsoft. And I kept wondering why. Now, partly it's because it's different people, different leadership, but also because it was a protocol network incentive as opposed to an app control incentive, if you see the distinction. So to the degree that your observation is about network scale and protocol, you won't end up being dominated or taken over by a technology, as you said, 
and it scales better. That's, I'm now speaking as a computer scientist. Um, you've got to get the architecture right so you. Well, that's definitely what we're doing. That's definitely what we're doing. 
very much so. Um, okay, great. So I, I think um, I think a lot of this adds up. Um, you know, the, the final questions that I have are, are kind of just around how should people be uh, thinking about uh, joining the Web3 industry? You know, there's been a lot of ups and downs in Web3. It's obviously a very cyclical market. Uh, people might be wondering, should they build applications in Web3? Should they take their career into Web3? Um, obviously, it's very cyclical. The cycles are also very rapid. They're about twice to three times as rapid as Web2. Or, or traditional cycles? How, how do you think people should be? Oh, let me ask the audience. Are we going to have a recession in the next 12 months in the U.S.? The, the guys over here are in favor of it. Okay. Over here, you're in favor of it, too. Do you know why a recession would be good for all of us? We get labor prices down, right? So, so and I'm not endorsing recessions, trust me. Um, I would answer the question by saying, first, I think we make our own weather in our industry. We make our own economics. And the way you win is you build a product that solves a real problem, and you do it now, and it takes off. So if you're in a downturn, it's the same message as if you're going well. Right? A downturn is easier to hire because people become more labor available and their demands for compensation and so forth become more realistic. But it's the same rule, right? You're trying to build a product that's a breakout product, right? And I have historically ignored as a matter of business what's going on in the public markets. The tech industry has always had lots of capital because of software. There's infinite amounts of money to invest and valuations that are being raised in this cycle are still
Thank mm -hmm. you. 